Uh, I want to get even with all human life. No, not the same. I want to end human life uh, for humane reasons. That's to end the pain. Yeah. That's more like being compassionate. But um, unless you're a glutton for pain, unless you like seeing people go through pain, then, then there's something wrong with you. So, you know, it's, um, it's uh, you know, we're at that kind of that stage right now where uh, it's uh, the pain involved is more than the people can bear and more than they should. In other words, it's not humane any longer. The, the, <clears throat> the um, you know, they've, they've been uh, obviously subtly attacking human for a long time and then you know and then we've had all these manifestations leading up to this point everything has been very accurate you know exposing gang stalking and you know which seems almost minor now compared to the um full-out assault on humanity in terms of killing all of humanity for the for their uh, underground the the leaders who are underground they're in you know cheyenne mountain and different places like that uh i've, I've seen them in um you know, in, in visions, I've seen them in uh, under Air, Edwards Air Force Base. Um, you know, the funny thing is, they called. They, I guess we refer to them all as reptiles. A lot of them, and a lot of them just look like insects. You know what I mean? And and they're, um, you know, the the ones who are ruling everything, or you know, the the ones who have. Uh, I guess the idea is to to move people off the planet at some point or, you know, like what happened with the uh, Anasazi Indians or the Maya or the Aztec, you know, even though they were very corrupt and sinful people, somehow there there was some seed preserved, i.e. live ones preserved that learned, you know, how to fly, you know, how to fly out of this situation. And... Um, you know, I think now they, they, you know, they're talking about, um, you know, Elon Musk and the space program and his uh, involvement in the space program. And, um, you know, the, 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 the complications of the space program, but the space pro program is still an endeavor that's, you know, the, the real escape, honestly, is not involving spaceships not involving the, the secret space program of NASA. That's idiotic. Not involving any of these things. So the good news for us, I suppose, is we are well-equipped and well-able to serve the Most High God in any capacity, uh, world, off-world, between worlds, between dimensions, all dimensions, some dimensions, and to um, you know absolutely grok all of it uh, eternal bodies, not eternal bodies, die now, you know, live later, whatever, really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? That, 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 you know, God has given a, the real spaceship, if you will, is within us. And it's the tabernacle of Yah. And, and that is, um, the whole point of the space program is not for us to travel around the stars like Star Trek. It's, uh, it's to understand the, the, the secret, the truth of reality of what, 
of what reality is for. And I hear these talk show hosts and, you know, they're all big names and they are all deluded. And I'm sorry, but my God, it pisses me off. They want to fly around and have their own little experience. And I, and I just, what am I going to do? And, you know, I mean, I understand that Elon Musk is stupid spiritually. I understand that. You know, I think we all do. You know, I mean, stupid, ill-informed, um, uh, has different kind of brain. You know what I mean? More of a data brain, more of a number-crunching brain, not really so much a spiritual brain, not a spiritual bent, not a spiritual uh, leading at all in any way, shape, or form. And then, of course, you know, he's, you know, applying all this. He's a technologist, you know what I mean? So he's like, you know people are putting their hopes on him that advanced technology will somehow solve this. And the answer is advanced technology is not going to solve anything. Okay. I mean, it it may be a temporary solution. It always, it always seems to be that a temporary solution. It's like the drug companies. Well, you know, there'll be a temporary solution, but then there'll be side effects. And you know, it's all based on pain. The whole experience on earth is based on pain, pain to human, 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 until finally these leaders on talk shows decide, well, you know, maybe God should pull the plug because they're not happy. And, uh, you know, I think they become too big for their britches. I think a lot of these people have become... I'm not sure that the whole save the world thing through information was supposed to be a multi-million dollar, you know, giant enterprise to take the place of, you know, say mainstream news or something. I, I, it just looks to me like the same mistakes being made over again. So, you know, had to be said, I said it. And I'll continue to say it and I'll continue to, to be on... My path, which I believe is the superior path, which is is basically just, you know, pure spirit, and there's no there's no, you know, alternate agenda or trying to survive in one way or another, you know, trying to make things that will, um, you know, propel the show and the thing, you know, down the road and 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 become an enterprise. I, I'm so against that because I've seen... And let me explain why. Let me explain why. It's because people that are in that enterprise thing with their podcast, they are, you know, spiritually dolts. They, they're off, most of the time, off the track. It becomes about them. And I'm really sorry. But I've listened to a bunch of these. Like, I, I listened to some millennial podcast the other day. These millennials, and they're talking, you know, trash talk, potty mouth kind of thing, trying to be cool. You know how young people do that. And uh, you know how, how with it they are, and talking about uh, you know, movie stars and talking about pop culture and weighing in. And all they are is an imitation of the world. There is no, you know, this, this thank God I'm awake and thank God I didn't take the jab, as if. That's deliverance. And it's pathetic. How does that help anyone? Answer, it doesn't. Oh, 
You learn that the jab is bad. Oh, oh, good. Go to the next level. Oh, you learn that the conspiracy is against humanity and the people that sign on to it uh, are serving the devil. Oh, end of story. Stop. End of your education. That's all you need to know. That's not a big leap, and that's not a lot to ask. It's a simple, any child could understand that. So that's my, you know, two cents. I, I stick with my same plan that I did. I've, I feel real bad. The world's made me feel real bad about everything, made me feel real bad while other people feeling good and celebrating and saying this is it, the big awakening and all this other shit. I feel like shit. Because they made me feel like shit. And, um, you know, um, why? Because there's no way to, to, to amplify your voice to get the, uh, to get your truth out if it differs. It's, 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 it's quashed by, by them. And they're not accurate. So what do we do? In other words, the way we're going with this awakening is not going to save the planet or people, okay? It's going to wind up in a nuclear war. Most likely. Or some kind of new cold... A new, okay, a blessing would be a neo-cold war. A neo-cold war where we're just like hair-trigger pointing at each other with, with nukes. But we don't fire because of mutually assured destruction. I mean, that's... That's like almost the best we could hope for after this week with uh, Ukraine and whether or not they're going to blow up a power plant or not. We'll, you know, we'll have to see. And, and I, I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket, but I am saying that that is a, a problem. And um, the only solution is spiritual. And it's not, God, I, I get so angry Watching these so-called fake revivals of Jesus, oh man, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be like this purist or puritanical about it, but it's just—I just feel it's—it's it's an insult, and 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 the people that are talking should be quiet, and the people who aren't talking should speak up, but they don't have a platform. And I feel really bad because the truth is not getting out. It doesn't matter what Putin does or the UN or the, you know, yes, there's child trafficking and there's been slave trafficking since I've been born. Yes, it's bad. It's really bad. It's, you know, they say a million kids a year, try about 5 million a year. But anyway, so there it is. Terrible. And it's all about murder and blood. Terrible. And, you know, the biggest, uh, most heinous trade of all that we're involved in is, is body parts and organs, you know, fetuses and stem cells. That's actually worse. And we haven't been talking about that much. You know, it's, 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 um, the focus now finally is on, uh, well, the focus is now on Rolling Stone. The focus is now on CNN. Once again, the goddamn fucking assholes that are at these places, which are not even human, which just deserve to be bitch slapped all day long, 
You know, one of these guys that wrote the article against the uh, the the Caviezel movie. Um, uh, what was that guy's name? At uh, you remember his? What was his name? Miles Clee. Miles Clee. Miles Clee. You know, oh, you should no. be thrown in prison, and you should be raped all day long, and that's what you know. That's what I hope for you. Thrown in prison and raped all day long and get a little taste of your own medicine, okay? You, 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 you fucking pedophile enabler, you abuse enabler, you child murder enabler, because it's all about murder. And you want to cover that up? You want to back up uh, the, you know, the government? There is no trafficking? Only a, a complete fool would believe you on anything. You're a bad writer. Now, you need to be, you know, prosecuted. You need jail time, buddy. You need to understand what that's like when you get in jail with a bunch of uh, rough guys and they find out you're an abuser, and then you need to, then you're going to get what's called street justice, and that's what you really need. You better hide out, buddy. You better hide. You better hide deep, far, and wide because everybody knows you now, the pedophile, the murderer, the murderer enabler, the, the child trafficking enabler, you know, kidnapping children, torturing them, pimping them out for, you know, 200 rapes, and then killing them. You, you've got to be known for that. And when you go to prison, you have to be known for that. That's what you need to be known by. That's what you need to be known for. You say, well, there's never been proved that... Yeah, well, because you guys are so busy trying to cover it up, but... The way you acted with Jim Caviezel's movie shows me that you're hiding something, and what you're hiding is you're, uh, you, you know, basically you're defending the uh, human trafficking. You're defending child sex trafficking. You're defending, uh, and child sex trafficking goes not just in this country; it goes all over the world. Kids are shipped all over the world, all over the world, millions of them, all over the world to be used and abused by people that have these, these disgusting tastes that they've developed by becoming members of secret societies, members of satanic societies, and they've learned to, to, to torture the innocent to get power. And that's what you are, Miles. You're a guy that enables uh, these perverts to torture the innocent so you can have your little job pushing your little pencil, your tiny dick pencil, at, uh, you know, Rolling Stone. You're a pussy. You're, you know, anytime. I'm, you know, you should be able to beat me in a fight. Anytime. Put the gloves on, we'll go head to head. Anytime. You're just, it's, 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 it's unbelievable what a disgusting human being you are. What a disgusting piece of filth you are. And anybody, and you liberals that defend all this child trafficking, you're all in on it. You're all part of it because you wouldn't be the way you are unless you were actually participating. So you're abusing your children, right? I admit it. You get your teacher, your teachers are, uh, you know, tranny storytelling time at the library. You guys are arranging all this stuff, <clears throat> you're sexualizing kids. Uh, just like it happened when I was a kid, it, and it, it ruined not only a good number of kids. I mean, I think my daughter's not here because she got ruined by her her mother and her mother's society back in Italy. So 
you know, it's worldwide. It's not just here. You know? My daughter ended up hating herself because she wanted to be abused. Because that's the kind of treatment she got when she was a kid. So she tried to repeat. She, she could only think in terms of, you know, sex or intimacy with abuse. You know, and then she didn't want that. She went to the psychiatrist. They put her on Zoloft and she jumped off a bridge. How do you like that? You like that, Miles? You enjoy that, Miles? Huh? Is that fun? It all started with child abuse. Hmm? That good? That's good with you, huh? Miles, I wouldn't be surprised if you need a bodyguard for the rest of your life. Wouldn't be surprised if you need a bodyguard for the rest of your life. Of your sorry, pathetic, wasted existence. Would not be surprised. That's all I got to say about that. No, you know, you've got them. You know, I've got my own battles and, and I've... I'm, I'm kind of uh, a little off-center from my medication. I kind of wobbly a little bit. But uh, the main, the main, you know, people want to know what my health is like. Well, I could die any time. So, hallelujah. You know, I hope, um, and when I do die, I want to have, you know, one big middle finger salute to the devil as I'm going, just right there in your fucking face. You know, I, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to fight it out. And, I, and for the first time in my life, I, because I've tasted death recently, I don't care now. See, so I can fling myself into the battle. I don't care. You know, I said all you know. I said all this stuff a decade ago. I was covering this. You be quiet. Well, he's. I was getting fervent. It doesn't. He disturbs him. I may not put this up. Yeah, we're listening, Jeff. I may have to pull the plug on this one. Uh, because, you know, well, I mean, my voice is, you know, I have my unique thing to say that's not what the, all the others are saying. All the others are lined up in lockstep with Zig Heil, and I'm not doing that. Zig Heil? Well, just, you know, okay, you got... So here's my contribution. It's not about the NASA secret space program. It's not about Elon Musk. It's not about Joe fucking Rogan, okay? It's not about popular pop stars in podcasting that makes millions of dollars. That is not what this is about, that, that, we, that everybody in the grassroots pushes them to the top. That's the exact opposite of what we need to be doing, and that's my opinion. And uh, I, I stuck with that plan for myself to give it out free and to not promote it as a commercial business, and, um, and I believe that I have a more pure word and, more, and a more truth word because of it, I believe there is a benefit for that sacrifice. And uh, anybody want to challenge me on that? Have at it. You know, get in line, first of all. You'll fail. 
like they all do. Right? And, and I do believe that God equipped us with exactly what we need to... Um, God equipped us with exactly what we need for all, all things, including glorified eternal life. And we may not have the answer now that we have to die, but it's part of a, a diso, it's, it's part of the um, you know punishment for disobedience uh, in the you know with the garden story. It kind of tries to explain it, but it it's kind of hard for people to understand about this infiltrator, the serpent, and the tree, i.e., the aliens. which is really the ant-shaped ant face, which you see in a lot of the Mayan art. And you also see it in Egyptian art as well. And you also see helicopters and spaceships and all kinds of things like that in the art as well. Because they had to learn how to fly to get out of here. At some point they flew out of here and then there was another batch of humanity started or whatever. It just, uh... But getting back to the real principles of, the, of, the, of, of you know, the Bible... The point of life is not emancipation of human because the human's already emancipated and God is the one who does the, is the emancipator. So that's the end of that argument. Now let's move on to the next one. So, so there's nothing for the human to do. At first, the human was supposed to be here simply to procreate. In other words, to have sex and have ba- make babies. That's what people were here for. God created male and female for that purpose. And he said to replenish the earth, meaning the earth had been plenished before. Something destroyed it, and so now it's time to replenish. And so God wanted to replenish the earth and build it up. That had nothing to do with the will of man. The fact that man disobeyed that order uh, is also a thing that led to the curse of, of humanity being fallen. You know, disobeying not only that order, but having free will and having the ability to disobey many orders. And because of that disobedience, uh, we get uh, the curse of humanity and we get the influx of the, quote, alien whose job is to, um, feel, is, to, is to plant man, to seed man, to DNA alter man, and to create a race in his alien image, his insect image, his lizard image, like half insect, half lizard, and to make a, um, <clears throat> a people in, in that image and, and under his control. And also move, you know, in terms of space, the whole idea of space is is really the only people that have been occupying space besides the idea of angels and witches flying around in their little orbs uh, is you see, um, you know, the space program, which is Satan. Well, where are they going? Well, they're collecting the seeds. Collecting the seeds of the Maya. Collecting the seeds of the, uh, you know, current human population. Collecting the seeds, collecting the samples. For what? What, creating it somewhere else? Doing it somewhere else? Man has no purpose in being, uh, you know, subject to the will of the Ant-Man. 
No purpose. There is no purpose in it. The only purpose that there is for man is to serve God in terms of, you know, uh, allowing God to emancipate human into tabernacle to be the tabernacle of the Most High God. That is to be the Holy of Holies, to be the container of God. You know, and that's a lot of what the New Jerusalem is all about. And anything other than that is caca, bullshit, fantasy, comic book. And it's fine to fantasize about Star Trek and going around and, you know, wearing little, uh, you know, one-piece uniforms and, and uh, you know, saluting and, 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 and bowing down and, and being in a hierarchy and, um, you know, seeing distant planets and creatures and things like that, but it's got nothing to do with reality. Gene Roddenberry, the guy that created it, you know, he was already initiated into, you know, deep levels of mysticism and things like that, and it's it all goes with this sort of plan, and his, you know, buddy before him, H.G. Wells, and other people wrote all about this, and, uh, you know, advancing technology until man can become his God, rather than man serving God, and that's the difference. Man going to the stars on his own account and flying around and learning the secrets of the universe is um, got nothing to do with God's plan for man. Man already knows the secrets of the universe. Why relearn it? The only reason man cannot bring it to the fore in his mind is because there's a block there. The block was put there by God to prevent man from, um, you know, from, from full emancipation right at this stage because there was a problem called disobedience in the garden. And because of that, there had to be a stop to the uh, you know, eternal uh, glorified body of man, which would then be the uh, tabernacle of the Most High God. And if man is to be the tabernacle of the Most High God, then everything that is known would be in a man. Man would have access to all knowledge, all things, all secrets, <clears throat> beyond all secret societies, beyond everything that man has ever created on earth, emancipated man would be uh, infinitely further in knowledge, skill, um, you know, would be, you know, co-creating with God, whatever, you know, just a part of the, of the whole unfolding of creation, uh, which is a much higher plane to be on, which is a much higher uh, it requires much, much uh, more intelligence, which requires an, a, a super being to be able to be in that capacity. So man is trying to take the idea of the super being and cash it in for a limited being, for an ignorant being who knows a few secrets of the universe so can fly around to Mars which will take forever and will be, you know, then be stuck on Mars for the next, you know, four or 500 years. And so that'll be, you know, wow, what an achievement when it will really be pathetic, limited, stupid. Typical Elon Musk, we call him Tin Can Man for a reason. He's Tin Can Man. His little chain of satellites and everything, and that's fine. He's 
wants to do free energy, wants to do all this stuff, but he is not. He has no knowledge of what's going on with God. He's just barreling ahead with his own technology, thinking he can help man. He'll bring man out of this uh, this horrible scourge where, where, the, where the bad guys are aligned against man. The reason they're aligned against man is not for themselves. They're aligned against man because they're told that they can have those secrets and they can fulfill their greed if they play along. And that's why they're playing along. Now, it can't be more clear than that. My mind is about as sharp as it's ever been in my entire life. So it has to be, you know, I have to be presenting it accurately. And so there's the accurate word for the day. I mean, I hope you take it uh, to heart and stop getting involved in all this, I don't even know what to call it, some kind of uh, bubblegum spirituality that the, uh, the famous talk show hosts are putting out. It's, it's, it's awful. They wouldn't know, seriously, they, they wouldn't know prophetic inspiration if it, if it bit them in, in, on the nose. I mean, they, they wouldn't know. Oh, they can act up a good game and you know, blather their mouth all over the place, but they still don't know because they prove by what they say that they don't know. But then everybody goes along with them because they have power. So you find all the other talk show hosts getting into alignment and agreement. That's exactly how we got in the situation we're in now. The same way. And these people are leading the people into destruction. So that's it. The way it is. Go along at your own peril. You know, go go along at your own stunted growth. Go along at your own stunted thinking. Go along at your own retardation. Go along at your own closing off of all knowledge. Go along at your stifling. Because that's where it's headed. So that's the great awakening. Whoop-de-fucking-do. You get the great awakening. Well, I'm awake now. They're trying to kill us. Who? Where? Where are they? Why would they do that? Well, there is a part of man that's evil that likes to see people suffer. We can never discount that. And um, anyway, let's... uh, Okay, so I'm done with that topic. Well, you know, just... um, My advice is for... You know, most of you do this anyway, but just to keep your own counsel... You know, don't let me convince you of anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, don't don't buy in that collectively we're all waking up and we're going to go to the stars. Don't buy into that, please, for your own salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is not happy with that with that kind of program, okay? That is not Christ. That's Satan. You know, going to the stars from my own account. That's Satan. That's the same thing the bad guys are doing, making a bargain with Satan. You know, cash in humanity so I can go to the stars and have some fun. Why are you sitting there doing that?
It's all about bends now. I tried to sleep, and I, I really couldn't. I've been wound up um, doing a live writing in the book, and I think I'm going to have to take the book. I've been doing, you know, like live performance art in the writing of, uh, you know, the uh, the, the witches. Um, it's called The Witch World, about the, uh, uh, the goings-on in a, in a major hospital. And the um, evil, you know, spirits there and the um, witchcraft there and the rituals that go on there. And I intend to draw a parallel between and what I've seen between the operation room and the anesthesiologist and the between surgery and satanic ritual abuse and, and uh, dismemberment. And then, of course, the uh, sale of organs and body parts and fetuses and, and abortions, plus the idea that since it's too expensive, have you thought of this? Since it's too expensive to really have funerals today, most 90% of the people opt for cremation for their loved ones. In fact, when we were at the hospital and I was locked up in the decontamination you know, room, Trish went in the elevator and saw a dead guy uh, being taken down the elevator by, her, by uh, his wife. She was just hauling the dead body out. They had a transpo guy push him in the wheelchair, but he was dead. It was a uh, flat bed. Oh, okay, so he's on a bed. The, he died in the bed, and they just pushed the bed out of there. They just pushed the bed down to the morgue. Yeah, they got a morgue there, and they've also got, you know, a psych ward, and they've got uh, muscle, and they've got these big transpo guys. And they got orderlies, and they got all kinds of stuff going on. And they're tied in with the U.S. government, and they're tied in with the military, and they're tied in with uh, all kinds of things. Their tentacles reach all over the world and connected to every other hospital and every drug company. Get out of here. And he wanted me to throw his tennis ball. And he prances back. He's been so good lately with everything, and now today he's acting up, but I don't know, you know. He's, he, he gets, we should probably not do these podcasts, you know, in the morning. And I kind of, you know, had to leave last week because I was working hard on the book. And like I say, it was live performance art. So you were getting chapters that were just raw, you know, of the, of the story unfolding. And it, and it, 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 I'm taking a pause this morning because it goes into such a dark space that it freaks me out. But nothing I can't really handle. I mean, it's, um, you know, the bus that's come in, if you've been keeping up with it, the bus that's come in reminds me of the bus at Area 51. Maybe some of you are familiar and, and how there's a tendency to start crossing, um, you know, sci-fi and witchy-witchy, you know, the, 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 the idea that they cross over, that they're part and parcel of the same thing, and then to know that the doctors are all sorcerers. 
And they're all part of the same thing. They're all part of the coven. So it's really one big Rosemary's baby with our guy, yours truly, trying to figure it out and put an end to the corruption at the uh, hospital. Um, But, of course, the circumstances that we find ourselves in is a lot of violence starts to happen to people who spill the beans. And so it starts getting very murky and very mysterious. And um, you don't know who you can trust. It gets insane. And so I'm about to go into that world. And that's really my world. I mean, that's the world that I live in. That's the world I live in. That's the world I occupy. That's really my world. That's really my job. Is to, um, you know, I think my legacy in the end will be is writing, you know, films, writing books, but, you know, going into these areas of the story that uh, many people won't go into. And I have a lot of information, too, about how, you know, did, do you remember back in 2020, 2021, and Trish may remember this, when there was a lot of homeless missing out of Albuquerque? Do you remember that, Trish? Do you remember, Trish? You do remember those stories? That a lot of homeless were missing, and the rumors were that uh, Luhan Wisham, the witch... Here's a witch. We actually have a witch as a governor. Total witch, okay? And anyone who can't see that is blind as a bat. Blind as a bat. So, um, and the rumor was she was she was shipping them to these detention centers around New Mexico, not only in New Mexico, but up into Colorado and other states, right? And she was shipping old people. Remember that when New York, when Cuomo was shipping the old people? Okay, so right there, right there, stop right there. That's enough. That's pure horror. That's the hospital I'm dealing with. You know, what do you do with these excess bodies? Well, you're going to cremate them, sure, but then what do you do with them? Well, is the spleen still good? Is the pancreas still workable? You know what I mean? No, they've already been sliced and diced. They've already been packaged up in little baggies. They've already been sent off to, you know, wherever they they, uh, deal with them. But you know where they get sent to? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But these, uh, this military hardware being involved in this uh, starts getting weird. And then when you start bringing in the fact that the orchestrator of the sorcery are ant-shaped faces with big slanted eyes, now we start getting into something, you know, really hybrid. Because you see, all in publishing, we have kept horror over here, witchy-witchy over there, sci-fi over here, Right? You know, this is like space sci-fi and this is, you know, lonely out there in space with Sean Connery. And over here is like, you know, the curse of the, of the uh, you know, the, the, of, of the Mexican witch or whatever. You know, I mean, here, here you have these witch things, you know what I mean? And, and, and you have rituals and you have exorcisms on that side. And then on this other side, 
you have, um, you, you know, the, the contact with aliens possibly, but, you know, um, usually some sort of uh, uh, super soldier, secret program, you know, all that stuff. And we don't blend the two. We don't blend them because they, they, they weren't blendable. They are interlinked. They are already blended. There is no difference between sorcery, surgery, and witchcraft rituals done in a secret chamber of the hospital. The surgery goes on in a secret chamber too. Look at the two. Look at the two. Pretty soon you can interchange them. It goes on around a table. The victim is on the table. And they're inserting things and cutting things and doing things on that table. And they're surrounded with witnesses. Well, that's very similar to how a satanic ritual... In fact, it is identical because it is one. And I'm not saying they don't help, you know, if you need a heart stent to be able to continue with that or if you need, like in my case, some kind of, you know electrical help with a heart so that it will beat normally and, and uh, you know, you don't have to be uh, toxed out on medication, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's um, you know, all, all in an effort to live a little longer so you can have more pain. <laughs> I need more pain. Let me live longer, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's not about me. I'm here to do a service. Well, I happen to think that, uh, you know, the best writing and the best insights I have are yet to come. So I have to stick around for a while. Even though they wrote me off totally when I went to the hospital and I went to ER and it was like, okay, so your heart, AFib, you've got, uh, you know, bladder infection, uh, bacterial infection, contagious uh, we've got, uh, you know, sepsis. So you're, you know, you look like uh, you're jaundiced and yellow. We've got, uh, you know, the kidneys fail, have failed. We've got, um, and, but, but, you know, but they sort of bounce back and there was still a little, you know, it's, it's kind of an on and off thing with the kidneys and that's a urologist thing, you know? So, and, and there's, um, you know, the, the, you know, prostate, uh, issues, and um, oh, there's also the, the the danger of congestive heart failure from uh, fluid in the lungs. Hmm. Sounds pretty good. It sounds like did I miss anything? Oh, the Barrett's esophagus. So when you add all that stuff up, uh, you're talking about a dead man, right? I mean, that's like that's like a dead guy right there. That's too many things. So. Now, what that's done to me conscious-wise conscious, conscious wise, is it's just made me much more, uh, like, I don't care what really what people think. I don't really care what they do. I don't, I, I, I don't care about anything really like that anymore. I, I, it's, it's things, since all this hit me, you know, this, you know, mentally, uh, things have changed, you know. I don't know whether it's for the better or not. I, you know, it, um, probably not. I'm probably not as, as gentle, you know, cause I mean, in the, in the hospital, I would, I fought them, you know, and I gave it, I gave it right back to their faces with their mean 
they're mean. You you know you hit the button and they don't come, or they come. They what, what you did you push the button? What do you want? I want you to shut up. You know what I mean? We're on the, we're, we're on that level now. I would have never been there had it been a minor thing. I would have never crossed that Rubicon of say anything, do anything, be anything. So I'd be pretty entertaining to follow around for a while, I would think. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, no, I'll get over myself. I'm just... <laughs> things, have, you know, the, the main takeaway for me is that things have changed. And I, for me personally, it's for the better. I feel a great deal of comfort and uh, I feel a great deal of uh, happiness. I guess the, the word, the better word would be freedom. I feel a great deal of freedom having kissed death or having death kiss me. It's like when you survive an airplane accident, you can suddenly walk on the edge of buildings where you're, you know, 45 stories up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that kind of, remember, there was a film like that. I forget what it was, but, you know, the guy went through a transformation where he could, he was no longer afraid of these little phobic things he had, you know. At the same time, I feel irritated with things that take time. You know, irritated with 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 uh, you know uh, you know a doctor appointments, which you know, you know, according to to my schedule, my my chart, I need to have them every every week forever. And you know, I've never you know what I mean. I stayed away from all that because I didn't want to go through all that. But I mean, I, it got to a point where um, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was so toxed. And I was so backed up and I was so failing in my organs that I, I kept, you know, nodding off, which, of course, went away now that uh, they've dealt with that. And, and you know, the, 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 the drugs have helped on a temporary basis. But again, you know, I'm looking into Chinese herbal uh, medicine. There's a, there's a good one for uh, AFib. And so I'm looking at that. But I also need, I need a practitioner. You know, I, I looked at it from a from a homeopathic point of view. And uh, okay, let's get back to the subject at hand. I'm sorry, there's uh, you know being narcissistic here, talking about myself. Um, all right, so do expect the alien thing to come into the fore, but then expect all these talk show hosts to be giving you talk show hoes. That's what they are. These podcast hoes giving you their opinion. As if gospel. Let me be at least the voice of dissent. You know, the voice of, of, of uh, you know, skepticism. That's what I would say. The voice of skepticism of uh, so-called right-wing talk show hoes. And some of them are so cloaked in self-righteousness that it's, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, well, how are you different from CNN? You know, how are you different from CNN? You know, you just kiss ass all day long. You put out your information, which is repetitive. We've heard it a million times. And then, and, and, and then, you, you know, uh, sort of justify your, you know, 
existence in the hope you can become a rock star. Well, becoming a rock star is not the goal of, you know, awakening people. The goal of awakening people is Jesus Christ. That's the the main thing. It can't be about me. It can't be about you. It must be about Jesus. It has to all be about Jesus for all of us because that's the only way we can get along without killing each other. For one thing. And for another thing, there will be no advancement without us cooperating in Christ. And we can't cooperate in Christ if we have ourselves as number one. Now, these are all basic principles you learn in Sunday school when you're a little kid. But somehow we've forgotten in our zeal to survive. Folks, don't worry about dying. You know, there's no sin in death. If it's your time, it's your time. You know, face it like a, like a champ, you know. Just uh, go for it. You know, that some, at, at some point, Clinging to life becomes a cowardly operation. Right? When you think about it. I'm not saying throw your life away or go play on the freeway or, you know, don't take your, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your, your Z stack, your Dr. Zelenko stack when you start getting a flu or something. I took that Z stack with elderberry called Z flu. It knocked out the flu. I had a cold going and knocked it out in three days and it never went to my lungs even though I have a problem with uh, congestion, you know. I was on watch for a congestive heart failure when I got there. And, uh, you know, so I had AFib with congestive heart failure combo. <laughs> you know, they were, they were taking bet. They bet that I wouldn't even make it out of the ER, but they were wrong, wrong, and wrong again. And then they got me fixed up with the IVs and then, you know, within about 12 hours, I was like, all of a sudden, I was just sort of back. And then they did allow me to be discharged so I could, not in two days, but in a few days, days kind of went by, but um, to where I would be an outpatient, I'd be able to come and get my infusions, my, my IVs, infusions as an outpatient in the surgery center, which was also a nice thing. And I give credit where credit's due. There were some nice people there. But in general, the system is evil. The system is Satan. We know that. And I see the tie-in with the military, advertising, big corporations, big pharma. And most of these people, the nurses there, they don't give a shit about anybody. They just punch a time clock. And the minute it hits like, you know, four, uh, you know, you know, 58, they're punching out and going home. I mean, they just, you know, they just want to do the minimum. And they don't call, you know, in the middle of the night, you ring your little light, you need something. They're not coming. They're not coming to your room. They're going to ignore you. They're going to sit there watching their soap opera in the middle of the night. They don't do shit. They're just lazy people doing nothing. But they're also all collectively into this sort of bondage witchcraft stuff. And, you know, I think they're trying to convince people that are on the edge to go ahead and die. I, I, I don't see the hospital as a place that is conducive to life at all or to, or to fighting for your life. That's something you've got to have within you. I see the hospital as a place that makes it easy to die because it's so negative and because the people around you are such awful people that you just want to... Look, when my dad died, he died at Cedar sinai um, yeah, next to Beverly Hills there in, uh, on uh, 
on Beverly Boulevard. You guys you know, may know where it is. It's right by the uh, La Cienega, near, near La Cienega, near the big mall there in La Cienega in Beverly. And he told me about the mean nurses. And I mean, and he went on, he goes, and he indicated to me that he wanted to die to get away from these nurses. Just to get away from the nurses, he wanted to die. And he died at 69. He didn't even make it to the full, you know, uh, life he could have had, which would be somewhere in his 70s probably. He didn't even get there because why? He, the, because the nurses were mean and he was very sensitive and it hurt his feelings. And my mother was mean too. So they were mean and then my mother was impatient. My mom wanted him to die right away and take that financial burden off of herself. So, no, I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's the way it was. And, um, but he told me, he goes, they're mean. He said, Woody, they're mean. They're mean. He said, they're mean, right, Trish? Remember? Yeah. And uh, he, he just says, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I don't want any more meanness. I, I don't want this anymore. I hate this here. So he hated the hospital so much, he willed himself to death. And he also um, was very angry with your mother. Well, yeah, she was having an affair with uh, Edwin, the, you know, the, the care, the, the, supposedly his caregiver, right in front of him. Totally disrespectful. And uh, it was disgusting to watch. And, um, you know, thank God they're gone. I mean, these are people that were, you know, narcissistic, selfish, socialites, uh, privileged, um, you know, uh, arrogant. And um, the one Achilles heel my dad had was he was sensitive, and when people would say criticism or something negative, he he would brood on it for a long time. It would, it would hurt his feelings. You know what I mean? And that was like, uh, you know, probably because he felt he was uh, inferior as a kid to his older brother. Um and we'll get into that later, but the whole point is, is that uh, you know the the idea that uh, Edwin and and uh, and 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 my mother were, you know, trying to off him at the, in his room at the Cedar Sinai, and he didn't even have a very good room. He didn't have as good a room as I had. You know, it was about the same. About the same, yeah, single room and and uh, you know IV tree. The IV tree on the tree I had like five or six different IVs and what they would do is they, they go about an hour before they run out and then they have to replace them and they hear a beep, beep, beep all day long and all night long. You're not sleeping and nothing. They just keep coming in and jabbing you and then it, and then I would rip the IVs out because I was dreaming and, and then they you would... so many bruises. I had a lot of bruises because they had to keep sticking them back in the, uh, the IVs because I ripped them out. And uh, so I had a lot of uh, damage, but now look, it's all cleared up. It's getting all cleared up. So, you know, but, but uh, nothing will ever change my mind. The other hospital experience, I had an experience with Denver General Hospital in Denver when I was in a coma, and they were mean as hell, the, uh, you know, the nurses, especially when they're handling uh, catheters, bedpans, things like that. My God, they practically just spit in your face. The disgusting people that get nursing degrees. Disgusting, awful, terrible people. 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't even know why they even go there. Why do you, and you know what, what taints them, the spirit that taints them, is that the spirit of big pharma is evil. And so it seeps into their consciousness. And, um, and they're also uh, drug whores. And they're whores too. You know, I'm sure for the right price, you could have sex with any one of them you want. They're, they're, they're freely available and ready. They're good and compliant. You know what I mean? They'll, whatever you tell them to do, they'll do. And in fact, that's the way to get on top of the situation. It's just order them around and, and say, you know, you give me lip again, I'm going to the management. You know, fuck you. And make it harsh right in their face, like, you know, or throw something at them. Of course, if you go too far, you know, there's a psych ward waiting for you in a 72-hour hold, and then that goes on your record as being, uh, you know, 72-hour hold, and then they'll say, well, you can't have any guns because you, you know. Anyway, when I was there, they were kept trying to prove that I was an alcoholic, so they kept trying to, you know, they kept thinking I was going to go through delirium tremens, which I wasn't, and I had, you know, stuck my arm out, straight as can be, no, no jittery at all, but uh, the head, the head doctor just wouldn't believe it. She just thought, you know, for sure, you know, I'm an alcoholic and she's going to prove it and keep me there until she does, you know, and get me to like, you know, me a couple, you know, she wants like wants me to confess my sin. And my, so far as I know, they're not supposed to, you know, instruct you. Alcohol is your business. If you don't feel you can handle it, you can go get help. But if you are feel like you can handle it and you're, you're, you've got no problem with it, and if your liver checks out, which mine did, then obviously they don't have, they'd like to, they, they want, uh, they are puritanical. They, they want to, you know, burn you at the stake if you don't renounce it. And, 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 and there's all, well, you didn't take your medication. And I said, because the doctor discontinued it, but it's on the list here. You have to take it. You have to take it. You know, and then you think that, you know, Bruno and, uh, you know, and Bubba are going to come in, you know, and put a knee in your chest and force it down your throat, right? I mean, it almost feels like they're just waiting for that muscle to come in. And that's more of the psychiatric hospital side. But uh, then I think of all the people that died there, you know what I mean, just floating around in the... uh, because I know, you know, people say, well, you believe that there are ghosts so that you're, you're not really in Jesus because those are all demons. I'm like, no, they're not. There are ghosts. There are ghosts that are, there are things that happened that leave, you know, I, I get Colin Wilson, the, the occult writer, put it this way. They leave an imprint, you know, what happened. And, you know, they're, 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 they may be like, instead of saying ghost, I think what we should call them are just like there's an imprint in that area, you know, of people that have died. And they're lingering for whatever reason. That imprint is lingering. And that imprint's like a hologram. And that hologram, you know, has some kind of life to it. It can do things outside a script, let's say. It's not just repeating uh, words that were said, you know, 30 years ago. And uh, so, you know, there's that 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 needs to be explored. So I probably won't see it for a while because I'm going to be... I have to make a decision today whether I'm going to take the book underground or not. And um, I know people have enjoyed the uh, the live performance of writing. But see, after that's done, um, you know, there'll be like 40 or 50 chapters there probably in the end. 
and there's only like we're going on five now. Um, so we have a long way to go, you know, because there's a lot to it because we're covering, you know, we're covering the whole, the whole, the whole bit. And then, and then Zeph revelations about Zeph that are fictional, but, but kind of fictional, but part of the story too. So that's kind of the way I'm treating myself as a character and, um, you know, not exactly completely true to form, but sometimes, you know, fudging the truth to get a, you know, because it's fiction and I'm not supposed to tell the truth except truth in general, you know. So uh, it just depends on, you know, on my own background of, of uh, stopping human trafficking, which I do have a good track record there. And, um, you know, I may have to, uh, um, you know, cop to the fact that the uh, hospitals are also involved in human trafficking, but usually they're involved in dead man trafficking. You know what I mean? Abortions, you know, organs, right? People, like when you say, the first thing they said to me when I came to the hospital, the first thing out of the ER was, um, if your heart stops, do you want us to resuscitate? That was the first thing. I don't know about you, but that's very hardcore to say to somebody that that's, that's like a, that's like a, you know, that's like a duel. That's like throwing down the gauntlet and saying, okay, let's get the guns out and have a duel. So fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. Who said that to me? And I don't know how long I'll last in, um, you know, dealing with uh, a specialty over there, especially, you know, caregiver over there for, you know, for certain problems I have, I have to, you know, bite my tongue and try to, you know. The first gal that I went to at the pharmacy, you know, they they wanted me on this Eliquis and this other drug called Motopolol for the heart. And I said, I'm not taking that stuff. It makes me feel like committing suicide. She goes, all right, that's it. She couldn't handle it. Some flighty, you know, another, like the hospital, I'd say, is like three-quarters Asian, <laughs> Asia, I don't know where they came from. You know, they're like, you know, Chinese and Vietnamese and Filipino. And, you know, the, the older Filipino ones are the worst because they have the most disgruntled and the most edgy and the most grumpy. You know, and they hate the patients more than anybody. Well, part of it's a racist thing, I'm sure. You know, they're racist. Of course they are. Of course they are. It's a racist hospital. They're racist. That makes sense. Yeah. They're, they're going to treat you at the very lowest level that they could possibly treat. They're going to treat you lower than they would treat your dog. And that's exactly what you get when you go in there. And so those of you who, who don't want to die at home, I would think it over again. If you're ready to go, buddy, you're gonna, the best deal you're going to get is at home. Seriously. The best deal, you're surrounded by, hopefully, your kids and, you know, uh, friends or whatever, you know, that's the best send-off you're going to get. That's that's pure love. The other way, it's like going into a, uh, you know, a meat factory. You're going to feel like you're gonna, you're, they're just salivating to just chop you up and send you off for money, money, money. And that's what you're dealing with. You know, it was uh, speaking of 
you know, a, a successful podcast host, Alex Jones, was out there talking about his uncle and how his uncle was intubated and died, you know, back when we had this really bad, um, I would call it influenza, but I would, but we weren't contagious. It's, you see, that's the whole thing with COVID. Nobody was contagious. Isn't that weird? It was like you'd get it and then the other guy wouldn't. And we had these flus that people weren't contagious, but it went right to the lungs. And all the people that got intubated died who went to the hospital. And the people that toughed it out outside, I mean, I barely lived. I barely lived. But it was in the lungs and you just, every time I breathed, I couldn't sleep because I was making such a wheezing noise. It was terrible. Terrible. And... um you know, later I found out that 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 was part of part of this five G, you know, kind of frequency that you know releasing of they're not, they're not even releasing viruses. It's just some kind of a, you know radiation thing. I, I'm not exactly sure how they did it or what kind of technology is involved. But he he I remember his uncle died when I had it. He had the same thing I had. He was in he was in Austin. And he got intubated and he died. And everyone else died. And I didn't die because I was, I was up in Alaska and uh, I just barely squeaked by. But I was around your mother and your mother got no infection from me. Yeah. Which proved to me it was not the flu, it was not the cold, it was not pneumonia, it was none of those things. Yeah, I didn't get sick either. And, and Trish didn't get sick either. So you see... We got early experience with this thing, and I'm telling you that Z-Stack, had I had that back then, I probably would have fought it off better. Z-Stack, ivermectin, um, clarithromycin, uh, to a certain extent, of course, that makes you feel weird. Um, You know, prednisone, if, you know, for swelling, uh, a lung inhaler, that's that's a steroid inhaler. Uh, you know, is good to just keep being able to get breath. Oxygen, I'm a big believer in oxygen. Um, I'm not on it right now, this moment, but I mean, I've been on it every... That's one thing I didn't write about in the book so far, and I need to go back and put that in. As soon as I got there, they put me on oxygen, and I've been on it ever since. And um, I have to have it because my oxygen capacity is below normal, Meaning it's 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 at the it's at a range in a percentage of um, of air that uh, they say go you know go to the emergency go to the ER so I have to keep it up. Uh, yesterday I think I hit ninety six percent, which in a higher altitude like this we're about six thousand feet high here. So that that's actually pretty good for my age ninety six. That's real good. You know, so I've improved. I was, I began down in the low 80s, like 81. But yeah, I found that with oxygen, I can really also, I have more clear, it kind of clears up anything, the medication, like any kind of fog. So I have a lot more clear thoughts. And, um, you know, I have a little bit more drive. I have a little bit less hunger. It, it's, uh, things are running a little bit more efficiently with your heart not fluttering. <laughs> No, seriously, the the medication and the and the uh, oxygen for the heart is what they you know what they have me on, and the lungs is a um, uh, is good, it, you know, saved my life. So it's good. It's it's uh, helping me to to 
you know, finally get some kind of strength. But it's weird carrying around a tube tank full of oxygen wherever you go. I, I don't do it all day long. I do it all night. And then when I'm writing uh, and other times where I'm going to be sitting, I'll have it. Um, and then I have an oxygen regenerator, like a, um, it's a machine that, uh, spits out oxygen, you know, to, you know, I, I'm, I require two liters per, uh, per hour. And so I have a two liter per hour, uh, feed going into my nose. And, um, that was another thing I had. So that was another, that was a good thing. Medication, not that great, but it, it, it's doing its job, but I'm, you know, all this stuff, I've got to look for alternatives. Um, yeah. Well, I'm trying to make the best out of a bad situation. You know, I can't fix people's attitudes. Like that woman, when I said I didn't want to take Eloquist or the other thing is that made me sick, she put me in the, she took me, I was in the wheelchair and she, and she just, shoved me out in the hall like she was she goes I'm not even going to admit you and she was going to just shove me out into the parking lot because I I insulted oh, her precious god her drug I insulted her drug oh he's not going to take the drug we better not admit him oh my god what's this life come to he said no he's not going to take the medication that that was her attitude in pharmacy, at the pharmacy of, you know, this, uh, I would just call it a living wreck of a place, you know, I, I, you know, hopefully they do save people's lives, you know, people from car accidents and, you know, heart attacks and things like that, they do save them and they do go on and live a better life, but, you know, usually what it looks like to me is they save them and then you're on medication the rest of your life. That's, that's the way they work. So they're, they're evil. You know, there's no way to make it good. My dad had it down. And one, one time my dad and I got along. It was finally at the end of his life when he said they're mean. And finally we agreed. The system is mean and the system is broken. We finally agreed on that. He finally agreed. And then he goes, well, I don't want to be here then. I just want to go home. And he went home. He went home because of the nurses. Period. He went home because the nurses were mean to him. He died because the nurses wouldn't let him live. They knew, and they pushed him over the edge on purpose. They knew. They gang-stalked him. They did spells on him. They did rituals around him. They, they made it so that he wanted to go. Most people have a survival instinct. They don't want to go. But when you get a bunch of witches and a coven around you, then what do you think is going to happen? And everybody's into witchcraft these days. So what are you going to do about it? Die, right? You know, I think if you, got, if you shut all the hospitals down in America, you'd have more people alive right now. What do you think of that statement, Trish? If you shut every hospital in America down, you'd have more people alive, including children. If you shut St. Jude's down, you'd have more children alive.
And just think, a lot of these old people, when they think they're being philanthropic, it's like my grandfather giving me all this money to the medical, you know, USC and this and that and UCLA and all this, you know, to, you know, to medical buildings or doctors or foundations or whatever. Waste of money. Stupid man. Looking, uh, couldn't figure out that Big Pharma was not his friend. Yeah, I give you more money and you can get rid of my prostate cancer. Nope, can't do that. Give you more money and you can do research and so I have uh, vision in my eyes. Nope, can't do that. Give you more money so I can live a few more years and enjoy life with my grandsons. Nope, can't do that. Well, then why am I giving you money? You're begging for money for the cancer drive so we can cure cancer. Nope, can't do that. Just give me your money. So you can, you'll be, you can be here at the gala and this table over here and you can be seen by all the socialites in the press as being a really great guy in society. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Anyway. Uh, that's about... <laughs> just, yeah, get out of here. Complain.com. I'm sorry, I just, I just didn't... I can't help it. it I, you know, I, it's... Um, my eyes have seen too much. I've seen too much lately. I haven't recovered yet. Is the other thing. I'm still, you know, dopey from meds and, and um, you know, um, disconnected from the hospital because they don't follow through. The other thing is, there's my chart right there for everyone to see. You can read my blood test. You can read everything. You can see how I failed the blood test over and over again with the, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I'm a diabetic too. Is there anything else that I'm, is there anything that I'm not? Right? So diabetic, you know, uh, kidneys, pancreas, you, you know, uh, you know, esophagus, bladder, prostate, uh, and heart. Anything else? So a lot of this stuff is like if your health comes up, all these things clear up, right? So a lot of that's bullshit too. That's just a way to get you on drugs. Oh, you're this. Oh, you need insulin. Well, fuck your insulin. Okay, I better get out of here. We can make it hard on you. No, really, you know, this last word is going to be this. The agreed upon, um, you know, awakening and uh, where this is leading. A lot of people think it's leading to a Trump flag behind a boat on, uh, you know, the Rio Grande or up in the Potomac, you know, or uh, down in uh, Miami or out of the Outer Banks. Look, the awakening has nothing to do with that. The awakening doesn't say elect Donald Trump. The awakening is just the awareness that you're in a place that's basically the opposite of what you were taught it was. And then where you go from there is up to you. It's up to you. You forge your path. You don't need any further awakening, okay? You're awake. You know, quit waiting for something to happen. It's not going to happen. 
You're awake. You need to forge ahead. Forge ahead. And, you know, try to figure it out. Uh, Stephen King, again, I go back to this example in his book, The Stand, made a fantastic observation about uh, humanity. And I know he's become a flaming, you know, puritanical, uh, liberal, uh, you know, mechanical, puritanical, reactionary liberal. But but he, uh, you know, he he is a great writer. So let's let's give him his due there. He um, he 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 had a thing where they were rebuilding the country, the United States, finally after this plague, you know. And so they started in like having delegates and voting and just doing the exact same thing that got us into trouble in the first place, and then. Somebody tried to shut it down, said, don't you guys see we're doing the same thing that we did that let us get into trouble in the first place? This stupid voting and delegates and representatives and all this shit. Didn't work. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, a dictatorship would work or anything like that. I'm just saying they had the realization that they were going down the same path that led to disaster, you know, within the scene that was going on. And I felt that was uh, probably one of the best sections he's ever written about, you know, with, that any writer's ever written, you know, because it's, uh, it was like a real-time awakening within an awakening. And that was just a, a real revelation. And if you get a chance to, uh, I don't know if, the, you know, I, I think they should, there's a, some hokey stuff in there, like like the devil running Las Vegas and stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's some good stuff too. It's a big book. Yeah, they made a mini-series out of it. and uh, If you were to do it again to make it so it's not so hokey, it'd be like what they did with Blade Runner. They try to to make it not so... Or like what they did with Total Recall, to not make it so cartoony, um, which is what... Total Recall is very cartoony, you know. And it's not a bad movie, it's just cartoony. Nothing wrong with being cartoony either. But they went away from that cartoon model to a, a different kind of model. And uh, that's what they would have to do. And I'm not sure that would actually, you know, work, a, you know, a plague that wipes everyone out. And uh, then they, they rebuild and they, they start making the same mistakes as they made before. I mean, almost like a doppelganger with COVID. Why did he write it? He wrote it in the 70s. So I, I don't think he was tipped off by Rockefeller as to, you know, what to write in order to become a famous novelist. He had the chops. You know, what I do like about the way he writes is his process is that he listens to heavy metal straight up as loud as it can go, or he used to way back then when he wrote The Shining and he wrote all these great books. Carrie, you know, I, I wasn't really a fan of Cujo, but, you know, I was definitely it was amazing we had a writer on that level. And then he really wanted to be a director and he got all pissed off at Stanley Kubrick and then that became this weird kind of ego sort of... and you know, ego playing out this ego trip, which, you know, saying that he did the best shining and all that, and people don't even remember his shining. The only shining that's a masterpiece is Stanley Kubrick's. That's a masterpiece. His is just a, you know, a, you know, a second-rate miniseries, sorry. But his book was an A book. And an A book does not become an A movie. A B book becomes an A movie. So only in the, in the hands of a guy of a of a true genius like Stanley Kubrick could you actually make, um, 
you know, an A-list book like Nabokov's Lolita or something like that. And, and admittedly, that was uh, perverse at the time, playing on the, uh, you know, on a pedophile theme of... of uh, he did this again in, in, you know, that same theme with a 12 or 13-year-old girl in, uh, in um, Eyes Wide Shut. The, the, the costume guy's daughter was... Uh, at least pubescent at the time, and she was like in this kind of affair with these two Asian guys. And but, but I don't know, it 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 didn't look terrible, but you know Kubrick was alluding to that's how how it works, and you know. Then I was saying about Donovan's song. Remember Donovan? He says, you know, mellow yellow. He goes, I'm just wild about fourteen year old girls. Remember that part of it? Remember that Trish? I'm just mad about 14-year-old girls. They're mad about me. Whoa. That's like, well, there it is. In your face. Way back then. Way back then. Anyway, wherever you see it, you call it out, man. You see it with this Miles Klee guy, you call him out. He's, he's now in hiding. He should be in jail. That's where he should be. For you know, enabling pedophiles, he should be in, in, in human trafficking, and and uh, obviously you know murders that take place that we can't pin on him. But I mean, it's like you know the ancillary thing is after they're used up, they get, they don't go home; they're killed. So you know, here he is condoning that, and then you know he's getting some kind of free ride, like people going, "Oh yeah, good job, man." CNN out there saying there is no such thing as human trafficking. These people need to be in jail. Period. And there is no more. Uh, listen, CNN, if you're listening, there is no more civility for you. None. No quarter. None. Zero. We find out, you know, you're in a bar, you're in a restaurant somewhere, and you work for CNN, you're going to be bullied right the fuck out of there. Yeah, it's going to be bad for you because you get yourself thrown in jail, and, again, street justice will take place, and they're just going to butcher your ass. Why? Because people hate those that abuse the innocent. People hate, you know, a lot of these people in prison have been abused as children. And, you know, they're, they're not going to put up with it. They're not going to put up with it. You'd have to be in your own private cell somewhere. And even then, they would try to figure out a way to get to you, maybe poison you or something. You know, there's just not going to be any, any rest for you people, especially you people pushing the uh, the tranny story time hour, where 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 it's gone beyond, you know, reading a book or a, a story to kids. It's it's all about putting flashing genitalia and and assholes in their in the kids' faces. Uh, you people are going to be prosecuted, persecuted, and eventually chased down to the end of the earth. So you better make your peace. I'd say the the best thing you could do right now is I kind of agree with some of the people that are saying they're talking about a uh, you know a calling off of this uh, WEF and the ancient Nazi Karl Schwab Klaus Schwab and all his uh, you know disgusting you know look at his mouth have you ever seen his mouth the way it's shaped it just looks like this pervert mouth it's weird anyway. What's going to happen is um, there there should be some kind of, um, you know, 
if they don't want to destroy the earth and, and, you know, take the earth with, which is, you know, which would be God, which I would accept if that happens, you know, as God, as God's will to, to pull the plug on humanity, just, just to, to stop the suffering. Okay. To stop the suffering of these children. Cause we, we can't have the children suffering like they are anymore. And the Caviezel movie should be a clarion call to all people that where you see this stuff in society, you beat it back, you beat it down. If there are law, law people and, and lawmakers and, and, and DAs and people that are backing it up, you got to get them out of office, you got to put them in jail. You got to bring them up on charges and put them in jail. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you know the process has already begun. There are lawsuits here and there, but there needs to be thousands more, thousands more. And on top of that, there needs to be, you know, vigorous prosecution when people cross the line. If a guy's got porno on his, you know, whatever. It's, it's you know, if they've, if they've broken the law, they need to deal with it. But uh, unfortunately, you know, that, you know, what they do is they try to take Jim Caviezel and his movie and, and uh, the guy that it's based on, and then they try to get him in trouble and say, you see, he wasn't all that good. You know, and they and it's a way to keep it going. And now they're nasty people. They are nasty, but uh, the momentum is not with them right now. The momentum is on the other side. And the best thing that could happen of overall is the two sides go their own separate ways. They just go there. They just separate. I, I, you know, I, I can't live in a world with you know pedophiles all around me who are just you know acting good because I'm sitting there. I don't want to be around them. You don't want to be around me. We don't want to be around each other. Let's not, let's not even go there. I remember when Marilyn Manson was in a, uh, in a movie by this uh, daughter of horror, Dario Argento, or what's her name, Asia Argento, and it was about a truck stop, and basically it's about Marilyn Manson was there having, a, having you know, some tryst with, a, with a, you know, her, her boy, and she allowed it to happen. And she was a, uh, I think, some kind of prostitute or something. And she was allowing her boy to be uh, buggered by uh, Marilyn Manson. And I just thought, look at the people involved. Look at the, the stuff they, they, they really promote. And um, look, the guy got away with it. You know, the guy got away with it. And... Um, you know, the uh, Asia Argento got away with it, but the movie was quietly, quietly pushed down. <clears throat> it, it, the name of it was "The Heart Is Deceitful Above All Things." Yeah, it was a very disjointed, you know, choppy movie. You know, very uh, uh, marginal performances and lousy on her part. Bad actress. She sort of reminds me of Sofia Coppola, you know what I mean? She can't, you know, she can direct like her father, but she can't really act. So it's, um, you know, it wasn't all that good. But the, 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 the but the, 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 the problem is, is that, um, you know, showing how easy it is to slip into, or how how natural the desire for children is, in the sense of Marilyn Manson. Going after her kid, and then her allowing the, her own kid, allowing him to be uh, initiated into that—terrible. Uh, 
terrible. You know, I think I think at that point I just turned it off. Yeah, because I, see, I'm not into you know. She's into promoting pedophilia, promoting. You know, then she went out and she went up against Harvey Weinstein. You know what I mean? But in her movie, she was promoting it. So what is it? Which is it? You know, is that damage control? Or is that really you? Her and, uh, what's her name? That other actress that was like, you know, you know hanging around that same group. Uh, Rose McGowan. Her and Rose McGowan were going up against Weinstein. You know, Asia Argento and Rose McGowan going up against Weinstein. And yet she has the pedophile, uh, you know, tryst going on in her, in her film. You know, which was, you know, somewhat consensual. So what's the deal? And I know she'll say, well, he was a pedophile and he forced himself on the kid. Well, then why didn't she shoot him? Anyway. That's that's the last on my, my soapbox on that one. You know what I mean? I, I just, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I do things in, in, in the cinema and writing for screen, which is what, what I call subversive cinema. So it takes the norm and twists it on its head. You know what I mean? Like political correctness, things like that. And so in a sense, then, the, the film becomes a, a unique new creation. But apparently they don't like it too much because, uh, you know, they, they, even though we won 80 awards with Girl Next, we got slammed. Hey, um, you can see uh, Quantum Devil in England, I believe. I can say that. No, one, no one's going to listen to me. But, um, we've won awards. I can't. I guess I can't talk about that. We've had awards that we have won recently, and um, we're trying to, you know, get ready to uh, screen the dark side of society at uh, the London Fright Fest, which uh, remembers society from well its debut, and that comes up at the end of August. And that'd be at London. And if you want to see it there, you'd have to get tickets to. There's two theaters at the West End, and I can't tell you which one theater or two. There's a couple of theaters there. It's in one of those theaters, and we are, I believe, we're we're not in the middle. We're like the last. I think we're the we're the film that closes the the festival. We're the last film. I don't know whether that's good or bad. You know, some people say it's good. Some people it's like, well, by then people are worn out. I don't know. I hope it's good. But again, I don't know. So we'll we'll be there. And then again, we're going to be in New York with the Dark Side of Society after London. And there we will have more of a, you know, normal, you know, 8 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night, something like that. So it's, um, you know, going to be having its time. So, uh, you, you know, whether or not it's going to... I think it, it's helpful in this time of Jim Caviezel and, you know, exposing a lot of this child trafficking and exposing um, the pedophilia especially and then the use of pedophilia in torturing children and torturing them with drugs and torturing them with suicide. 
and gang stalking and stuff like that of, of, of my testimony. I think it, it's going to add to this general abuse of children that goes on, you know, to to awareness of that, and that you know that it that that's got to be stopped. You know, it's uh, extremely extremely important. Well, and I will talk to you next time. And uh, look for the next chapter, chapter five. I'm going to go to work on that today, and, you know, we'll just see where that gets. Hopefully, you know, we'll have another one tomorrow. It just takes, it's, it's hard work. It's really hard work right now. It's, it's pulling me back, but it's not pulling me. It's pulling me, but there's all kinds of, I've created some, you know, spaces and areas that I may not want to go, and we'll have to see. God bless you, each and every one. They got